Okay, hey, welcome everybody. It is Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. That means it is time for Sci-Fi Distilled. And welcome back, Mary Beth, of course. And welcome, Captain Phil. And welcome, Dave. And I'm and sure. Emma. Thank you. I had to read your name because I already forgot your name because that's how horrible I am. So uh, we are going to talk tonight about foreign Don't films. Don't you be welcome. I think it was on there. Well, no, I'm sorry. That's just me. Don't don't take any attention. She's been to every Ticonderoga. I'm terrible with names. I'm horrible. What's your name again? I can't even remember. Mary something? Mary something? I so, anyway. <laughs> sorry. Uh, so we're going to talk about foreign films and, and how they're different from what we're used to seeing here in North America. Um, I, you say North America because, you know, Canada's kind of the same as far as uh, culturally very similar. Um, so, uh, but before we do that, we're going to have some news. A little news. Not too much. Just a little bit of news tonight. Uh, a lot of, you know what, Doctor Who is dominating the news feeds this evening because he they dropped a new trailer for their 60th anniversary special giving us a great look at Neil Patrick Harris as one of the very few Americans who have joined that cast. He joins Eric Roberts, uh, Andrew Garfield, Ben Browder, and of course, John Barrowman and a few others uh, um, <clears throat> as being you know, the few Americans that have jumped into the Doctor Who world. Um, Foundation season two will start July 14th on Apple TV. That means I need to hurry up and catch up to season one. I know you said that was pretty good. Rizzo, is it worth watching? Yeah, it was, um, you know, the thing with foundation TV show versus foundation novel is they're very different. Um, very overly, the story's similar. Character names are the same, but characters are very different. They just took the names and, and really changed yeah. the characters around. They do that. So if you are a huge fan of the original Asimov foundation you might not really appreciate what they did. If you don't really have never read the book, you'll be fine with it, I think. Okay. Um, Fair enough. So. Fair enough. Somebody I like to see where they're going to go with it because, like I said, if it was it was a pretty ambitious to do it as a TV show. Yeah, that was um, incredibly ambitious. But they said it was pretty good. So it was pretty good. I liked it, and I liked the original book. So, um, you know, it. it the thing with the book is it doesn't have a lot. There's like very little action in it. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, so kind kind of of like Starship kind of Troopers. And then you see Starship Troopers, the movie, and kind of the same. No, like like you're talking about with Bicentennial, man. All of Asimov's books are puzzle books. In this case, there's like the psychohistory puzzle book. Right. Yeah, the psychohistory. Yeah. They do talk but, a lot about psychohistory. But that is still a backbone of the story. Yeah, they can't get around that. Yeah, no, right. they that can't get around that. They can't get around why the foundation's there and all that. Yeah. But like I said, I think what people were really upset was they took a lot of the main characters, just took their names, and like made them completely different characters. Yeah. Um, and I think it's like I don't know why they did that other than to make familiarity of the names, but whatever. Whatever. It's all what right. We move, do now. Before you move on. Um, let me just jump back to Doctor Who. Uh, what character does Neil Patrick Harris play? We don't know yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> we don't know yet. Uh, you go check out the trailer. Uh, uh, I don't know what he's doing. I think he's a bad guy. <laughs> but he's got to be the master. He's he going to be the master. Well, he's going to be Doctor Horrible. Master. Or he's going to be Doctor Horrible. Horrible. He would make a great master. He'd perfect. He probably would. Yeah. yeah. As long, as, long as he suits up. Yeah, he's big rubber gloves and the goggles. Oh, no, that's Dr. Horrible. <laughs> Moving on. Theater kids everywhere rejoice. Wicked is set to be released in theaters November 27, 2024. And a second installment will come Christmas 2025. Wicked first premiered on Broadway in 2003. This film version is going to star Ariana Grande, Jeff Goldblum, Michelle Yeoh, and Bowen Yang. Uh, I love mm -hmm. Wicked. I like popular. I like to sing it. Okay, moving on. Uh, Blink and you'll miss it. The latest Strange New Worlds trailer gives us a microsecond of Tawny Newsom and Jack Quaid as Mariner and Boimler live action. They're standing on the transporter behind Pike and Baby Drummer. I don't know her name. Noonie and Sing Kong. Sing Song Kong. I don't know. <laughs> Forever to be, baby. The lower deck live action crossover. Yes. Live action crossover. Uh, they're in their lower decks uniforms, and those guys are in their regular Strange New Worlds uniforms. This is believed to be episode seven 
called Those Old Scientists, which is a callback to Lower Decks. Uh, it is directed by Jonathan Frakes. Strange New Worlds premieres June 15th on uh, Paramount+. Plus. And this is our conversation starter tonight. Uh, I was looking at, you know, the, the people got screen grabs of this because it really is just it, like blink and you miss it. It's like a second of, of, of footage. And so people got the screen grab and I'm reading all the comments and most people are really pumped and I'm really pumped and I think it's going to be fun. But there were people who were like, oh, everything's a joke now. Star Trek is just a big joke now. And Roddenberry's rolling over his, in his grave. And there's always going to be people Star like Trek that. Is, I mean, yeah. and people, yeah. And people, the old adage, you can please some of the people some of the time. Of the time. You can please so, all of the people all the time. And people were like reminding him there was plenty of humor in TOS. Like there was tons. There was I was going to say, you never heard of Tribbles, a piece yeah, of the right? action, uh, yeah, I'm Mud. You know, Star Trek Four. So, so here's yeah. the question, guys: Is there room? Star Trek Five. <laughs> oh, sorry, that, that, was, that wasn't meant to be a joke. That's how I took it. Is there room for humor in Star Trek? Feel your pain. They take it too far, and what do you think about this? No, I think as long as they re they keep it to like one episode a season at the, you know, what I'm saying as long as it doesn't be like, all right, we know Lower Decks. That's the whole point. It's to be funny, but. You know, they stuck in the the fairy tale episode but in Strange New Worlds. Yeah, they done, each each one has kind of had a more humorous episode. You know what I'm saying, or a light, more lighthearted episode. There were funny moments in Picard. Yeah, I mean that, that was largely always, a, a, a heavy a, drama. You know, a joke here and there. I don't see yeah. why that's such an issue. Um, but yeah, I mean, next I don't, to me who is cares? Smart. Like, it's like smart humor because, like, someone was like, "Oh my god, animation!" They're just screaming at each other. They scream at each other all the time, and they're all moving at like. Three See, times you know, and it's day. interesting. That was my first impression of Lower Decks. That they're like, all they're doing is yelling all the time. But then when you the kind of get does it, seem to yell it, a lot. It, it, at first, my first impression was kind of a little eye rolly, like they're trying to be too much like Rick and Morty. Um, but I think I, I have changed. I, I, I quickly changed when I watched more of them that it, it really is. Because it's smart. It's so smart. You have to know. You have to you know. Have to know. If you don't know Star Trek, you're right. I could see. Yeah, there, there are deep cuts in there. It's deep cuts. Yep. Yeah. It's in any decent animated show. Um, you know, you can be moved to tears watching Bob's Burgers, you know, when the kid with the bunny ears says, I want to take over the restaurant. For you, Dad, you know, and I'm like, yeah, oh my God! You remember you know? Futurama when Fry got frozen and yeah. his dog waited for him? That episode yeah. made me sob. So yes, yes, there's room for emotion in animation, but is there room for humor in Star Trek? Of yes, course, absolutely. There the funniest character in all of Star Trek is Mr. Spock. You know, it's he's he's hilarious, and he's yeah, he's hilarious, and he's hilarious in his Vulcan way. You know, it's it's he's he's George. It's and a the rest of the cast, the rest of the cast is Gracie. He's George, and it's his reaction. You know, he's got that Jack Benny. Well, I'm sure thing people going on, agree you know? with you on that one, Phil. But oh, no, I'm right. I'm totally right. general stuff that is really meant intended to be funny. That they've had humor in Star Trek, as we said, going back to the little. So the fact that they're sticking in, and you know, they did the shorts in disco. You remember the the one. With the triple one in disco. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that was, that was one of the best disco episodes, and it was only what fifteen minutes long. Yeah. So she was. I still haven't finished. I still haven't finished. Captain was a bad though. captain, but but the, but the episode was quite funny. Yeah, the episode was quite funny. So I mean, they they're always going to stick humor, and humor's always people like it. I think overall, the majority of Star Trek fans are gonna are happy with it just because there's a few trolly people on twitter or whatever they're always going to be those people so just i just yeah twitter's still a thing michael what's that are people still on twitter i don't know i never <laughs> i never i never got on twitter so on i'm twitter. just throwing that out as a social actually, media commentary um no, these comments were actually on on the book of faces but uh yeah you you find the same <laughs> no, it's all people in their 40s or older it's all grumpy old white guys. Because <laughs> apparently, like all the younger generation, Emma, weigh in, please. Yeah, I'm on, you on Facebook. I've never had a Facebook account. Like, it's, you avoid it like the plague, I feel. <laughs> like, my daughter, she's 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 21. She's And, you know, everything is TikTok and this reels be real or something i don't know it's another yeah i think the main social media is instagram like if you had to be comparable to right. facebook like oh, that's yeah. she, she does she's on facebook but she has an account but she doesn't 
everything's on the other platforms. I don't know. TikTok to me is like the enterprise trying to understand the message V'ger was sending it in Star Trek, the motion picture. I'm like, <laughs> I really don't understand this. No, no. You know what it is? It's, China's it's China. Darmok. Yeah, it Darmok. really is. You know what? It, really it is. is like Darmok. <laughs> okay. Darmok and Jalada. Is that the news? Is that the news? Yes, that's the news. As much as Missy, I love yes. <laughs> Missy, Missy is Darmok. <laughs> okay, we've okay. solved, so, solved social media. <laughs> foreign films and TV and films. I, I know I've watched a several, several uh, recent TV shows. Tonight, Rizzo? What's that? Do oh, we drink. Do. You're right. Thank you. I, I went kind of old school. It's kind of a classic. This is an old oh, one. Yeah. Singapore sling. Nice. So I thought it was kind of, you know, had Singapore in it. It's kind of foreign, so why not? Um, just gin, Benedictine, Grand Marnier, cherry liqueur, pineapple juice. It's a weird mix with Grand Marnier. Lime and some bitters, yeah. I bet you it's probably pretty good, actually. Uh, never had one, but hey, somebody make it. Let me know. So it's on the website if you want to write that. All down. right, in we anyway. go. Here we go. Waiting it. So yeah. So and I've noticed uh, watching because uh, like on Netflix that like there's been some really popular uh, films, particularly from Korea. Um, Squid Game for one for Train one thing has been very popular, um, but again, was not made for American or North American Oscar. audiences. Uh, so I thought it'd be a good idea. Actually, it was, I think it was Mary Beth's idea. I don't want to take credit um, to to talk about some of these I'll and some of the point. differences and what we liked about them and what we don't like about them. So I was start with Mary Beth. So what have you watched and what do you like? I've watched and- tons, I've watched tons of stuff. Uh, I watched um, uh, recently recently is because that'll be what's freshest in my mind. Wandering Earth, which I want to talk about. I watched Troll Hunter, which was pretty Norwegian and pretty interesting. And I watched. Uh, I guess it's Planet Sauvage in French, but uh, it was Fantastic Planet in English. And they're all weird. They're all weird and different. I'll watch another one. I I watch tons of them. Guys, we don't realize it, but we've been watching foreign sci-fi since we were little kids. If you ever watched Godzilla movies when you were a little kid, you were watching foreign sci-fi. Let's talk about Wandering Earth. Because Wandering Earth is Chinese. And it squarely falls into the massive, huge, epic it, blockbuster. That's it's what a that Jerry is. Bruckheimer Chinese film. It's a Jerry Bruckheimer Michael Bay. Like it's everyone yeah. goes goes Chinese. Oh my god! It's it was epic. The story was epic. Telling the story had to be epic, and then the film itself was epic. Like it was just insanely. And they hit everything that a Hollywood blockbuster hits. Beat for beat for beat. Famous stars, check. Massive ash, action sequences, yep. check. Um, uh, uh, optim- no, they weren't optimistic. They killed people. They no, were- no, no, no. Uh, that was the least foreign foreign film you could have chosen. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. It was the least foreign foreign. It was easily wow. recognizable as a Hollywood blockbuster. Like anyone watching would be like, yeah, I've seen this before. Yeah. I know what's happening now. Here we go. Oh, and it had the funny comic sidekick relief who happened to be the one American in the movie. <laughs> they had they had him. Like, yeah, it was it was it was insane. It was huge. It was massive. It was special effect city. And Wandering Earth 2, I'm told, is even bigger. So I, I will say one nice thing about it. You got to see the Fleet of Worlds, like from the Larry Niven books. You know, the 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 puppeteers, they moved their entire planet. It's like wow! Somebody could actually move a planet. Yeah, Whoa, planet. you know yeah. that's how they you do it. Move the planet. They they so they build underground cities. Only a certain percentage of people are saved down in the cities. Everybody else perishes when they just mm-hmm. fire up engines and move the planet. Like it is un unbelievable story, yeah. and it's written by the same guy that that um, did the three body problem which is a really popular sci-fi book right now. And dollar, I bet you dollars to know it's Donuts. That thing becomes a movie soon, too. I, I haven't seen it, but it sounds like the old movie Gorath to me, where they use rockets to move the Earth out of uh, the way of a, of, of a planet. It's, it's... Oh, I didn't know this concept. But it, you know what? I didn't even know this concept had been done before. Yeah. I was like, wow, yeah. what a unique concept. They move the planet with engines. And there's engines, a bunch of engines on one side to move it. And then there's engines all around the various mm-hmm. circumferences to like rotate it so there's stabilization oh. and stuff like they he the author had it all worked out 
Like, yeah, I mean, it, the concept, like I said, goes back to the 1970s. Larry Niven was writing about it, you know, back then. But I haven't really seen it on the screen. But you say Gorath? Yeah, Gorath. Yeah, I think it was called Gorath. I think it's a Japanese film. And uh, yeah. I think it was sort of like a When Worlds Collide scenario. Okay. And they used rockets to move the Earth out of the way of the planet coming to hit us. So, yeah. yeah. Interesting <laughs> but, that they decided to move the planet instead of moving what was coming. Normally when an asteroid or something, we try to destroy or move that out yeah, of the way. Yeah, the one's inbound. This was, in this yeah, movie, the sun went, Reverse. the sun was going to go supernova. But it, when I say oh, epic, I mean, we knew the sun would go supernova like in a couple hundred years. So they started working then. To like do whatever it is they were going to well, do. Then, then, then it has to be a foreign film because if it was an that. American film, they would have done it the week before it was due to happen. <laughs> yeah. But that is kind of again like it it. Steve Tyler to sing a song for it. If you remember, yes. if you guys that read Ringworld, the whole point of the puppeteers moving was because there was a massive explosion at the center of the galaxy that was going to take thousands, if not millions, of years to get to the outer outer rings, but. They were already the puppeteers were moving. They were leaving to get oh, yeah. safe, safe distance. So, so that's kind of like a similar concept where they know this is coming. Uh, well, now, now I believe the science. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the science now is that every galaxy has a supermassive black hole at the center of it. Sure, why not? Um, so Larry can go back and fix that while he's still alive. Well, yeah, rewrite, <laughs> write an addendum. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, uh, I. Of all the movies we want to talk about tonight, this will be the most recognizable to American eyes. This is the, has the least amount of differences aside of the fact that, no, least amount of differences. Okay. Um, the one thing I would say is this was government approved, <laughs> Chinese government approved. They like that. They like to have their stamp on. Oh yeah. So there them. was no. There was no uh, negativity on the no negativity, Chinese. Negativity. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, so they're pretty strict about that. So, all right, so um, you, we'll come back to you for another one. Sure. But we'll go down to Dave and Emma, the Lafredo group. Okay. Um, what have you guys been watching? Well, we were talking about Visions uh, before the the uh, um, before we started, um, and there's a lot of really neat things in the Star Wars Visions set mm. of shorts. Mm. A lot of really neat, uh, um, you know, takes on things, and you can sort of see the different styles. Um, I've I've been watching, you know, I I think what brought me in first, we were talking about RRR, so I could say something about that. How about you? Anything? I was really just going to talk about visions because that's something I learned like two weeks ago, and I watched part of season one, and I thought it was really cool, or volume one technically, but. Um, then I watched uh, volume two with all of my friends because they were really excited about it, even though like I had never heard of it before. But I just thought it was amazing, like just the amount, like just the range of animation styles and all of the cultural influences in each one. Like they were all so different, but like I liked it more than volume one because I just think it had such like a good balance of everything. I just thought the stories and the art were amazing in all of them. So, Yeah. And what specifically made them different from American animation? Uh, well, I think, again, one thing you could really see was, like, the cultural influence. Like, in the animation made by a Chilean studio, like, one of my friends who is Chilean, he was talking about how, um, like it was even the name that they gave one of the characters was something that went back in mythology. And it almost, like got him to tears just because it was something so close to him, even though none of us really connected it with it in that way versus another one made by an Irish studio. Like I just thought that one was the most beautiful just because of the way they painted the landscapes and the way that the characters moved. I don't know. They were just all so different was, in was ways. Was that a little singing girl? Uh, no, that one was different. Oh. I think you missed the Irish one, but okay. yeah. Yeah. They just, yeah. I, one thing I, I, I just want to point out that you, you mentioned early on was that it was something that you weren't aware of until recently. And I think that is so true for so many of these films that we as, as Americans and, and North Americans, we are so isolated from the rest of the world in a lot of ways. We're such an island when it comes to this stuff. But I think with things like Netflix and stuff pulling in and, and other, other, other streaming services and, and YouTube and everything else, 
we're getting more and more exposed to to stuff because outside of our little bubble and finding out that there really is some good stuff. Now, true, we've been seeing things like Godzilla. Anime, and a lot of anime. You know, anime and stuff there. like that. That's true. But I think some of their more, you know, uh, like the Korean less popular movie. films, we wouldn't, we, we never see yeah. that. Yeah, like there was a Korean movie I wanted to watch called I'm a Cyborg, but that's okay. And because she she was in a mental hospital and she thought she was a cyborg. And I really wanted to watch it, but I couldn't find it. But yeah, those kinds of things are starting to creep into Netflix. I should have said Wandering Earth is on Netflix. The Vision stuff is all mm -hmm. on Disney+. Plus. Um, in case anyone out there wants to go check these movies out as we're talking about them. Well, yeah, I just want to add that, um, uh, just to emphasize that point. Um, it was, we we're talking about RRR. Uh, and, you know, I was like, oh, it's a Bollywood film. No, it's not. It's a Telugu language film, which is all of Southern India. Yeah. And Bollywood is all hidden. And I know a that. dozen different schools right. all going. I've, I've, seen, I've never seen that film, but I've seen clips of it. And yeah. it is like so over the top. top. Oh, it is. But but my, my point is just that there's there's so much variety there right. that we and only just get this. This thin well, crust and of again, stuff that we call oh, it's Bollywood. Because, Excellent point. Again, as, as Americans, and I think we are very, you know, we look at India as India. Everything yeah, but it's not. Within, it's, it's Just like within the United States, diverse. we have so subtle differences in culture. They have, yeah. well, more than just subtle because they have very yeah. different religions. That, um, but you're right. You're right. There's different. There's totally different parts of that country that are different mm -hmm. language and everything. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um are you guys set? I'm going to go over to Phil. Yeah, go go to Phil. We'll, we'll loop back around. Phil. We can keep talking all night. He'll, he'll come around again. This, yeah, this is like a thing, an exercise in self-editing because, you know, I've seen a lot of stuff and I decided to like not do TV series, even though there are some TV series. I decided to try to edit out anything from the UK because it's very close we do to get the United a lot States. Of we do yeah. get a lot of UK stuff. You're right. But um, my... My preliminary list was Mirai, What We Do in the Shadows, The Host, Melancholia, and The Quiet Earth. Melancholia. And, uh, yes. And then my what top three. What We Do in the Shadows. That's New Zealand. Well, exactly. So so I, I found myself centered around The Host, The Quiet Earth, and Mirai. And um, I think, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on the Quiet, Earth, the Quiet Earth first, but I, I definitely want to talk about Mirai before we close down, and hopefully I'll have a chance to do that. We'll go around again. Sorry. All right, good, good. Um, but The it's Quiet Earth on. is a New Zealand film based on a New Zealand science fiction book, um, whereas um, a man wakes up, and he's the last man on Earth, and he doesn't know what happened, and he's a scientist, and he's working on this global project, and somehow uh, everything vanished, and, and it sort of reveals itself what's happening and he does find other survivors and the thing they have in common is they all died at the point of this event that made everybody else vanish so other people were were being one guy was being killed he was being drowned the main character himself was committing suicide and i forget about the females there's two guys and a gal for the tension of course um and you really don't it's, it's like a it's like a really 2001 type idea where you're trying to figure it out as you're going along and what is this about and it just sort of like brings you in and it really has that sense of wonder it isn't like you know oh this is the seven samurai in space you know or or oh this is moby dick you know in space you know that sort of thing this is like a really unique and original thing and this is, that's what makes a good science fiction this is pre lord of the rings new zealand film um and the very end i'll tell you the ending um, the scientist who uh, was committing suicide because he didn't want to be involved in this project figures out that it's all going to go kablooey unless he like breaks this chain reaction that's happening in his lab. We just lost, we just lost right Michael. I'm in charge okay. now. I'm in charge now. <laughs> I'm the captain now. <laughs> yeah, Alexander Haig. <laughs> he went off to watch the movie. So, um, so what happens is um, the very, very ending, because this, this is a film that doesn't have a lot of um, budget in it, so there's not a lot of special effects. But the very, very ending, um, he blows up you know, the lab where he's in to keep this, this thing from happening while the other two... Uh, the other man, by the way, happens to be a Maori, a Maori. So that was kind of interesting, too, that thrown in there for a foreign idea. And he ends up like 
on a beach alone and, and he's looking at a ringed planet in another world. It looked sort of like, uh, you know, it looked like just like this amazing, uh, this amazing painting. And he's looking at this ringed planet coming up over the horizon. He doesn't know where he is. And that's where the film ends. So it's, it's not your typical science fiction story where it has a set of enemies, uh, you know, a, a set resolution and against all odds. It's like, this is a puzzle and this man is trapped inside of it. And at the end of it, he finds himself in a bigger puzzle and that's where it ends. The quiet mm -hmm. earth from yes. New Zealand. Yeah. So there's no resolution. I kind of love that. I love a good open ending. So and it leaves you how wondering. would you, how would you say this is kind of different than what it would have been if you think like, let's say an American studio. American um, studio would have brought everybody back. And you would have found out what happened back on. Yeah. Well, there never was a sequel. This was made in the 1980s. Right. Yeah, I'm just know? saying they would have had the sequel. So you find out like, you know, like they yeah. did in 2001 and all the other ones, you know, they got it. I mean, and then, and then it goes, and it goes into a lot of, um, you know, like he sort of loses his mind. So he's, he's, he's like going nuts for a while. He's, he's wearing dresses, you know, cause he's, he's going crazy and he, he doesn't turn to alcohol. He goes into a church and he like shoots the living daylights out of a, out of a crucifix, you know, you know, hanging, hanging up. He goes in the Catholic church on uh, some screaming in there. So it's all these little moments. And then of course, Eve, you know, the, the, the woman shows up and that changes the whole dynamic. Um, and then, and then the, the Maori man shows up and then now, now it's now, now three's a crowd. It almost and, sounds like a twilight zone episode. Or it sounds like Zephyr Zephyr. <laughs> it sounds like, yeah. But, yeah. A little bit like that, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. The, the thing that makes it cool is like it's it's unique, and I don't think that sort of film. It, it reminds you of the filmmaking they had in the seventies when made Silent Running. You know, okay. that sort of that sort of not not the actual story, but that sort of um, theme of filmmaking, that sort of idea, like this is how we're going to do things. So, um, I believe it's on. I I did a search on Roku. It's easy to find. I believe it's on Tubi. Or, or one of those channels like that, so you can find the Quiet Earth. Interesting. So uh, I watched a couple of of films, uh, or excuse me, TV shows. I've talked about Dark, and I will I will talk about Dark later if we have time. But I've talked about it already on this show uh, just briefly, which is a time travel based. It's German, um, but I did recently watch The Silent Sea on Netflix, which was Korean. And it is a space, it's supposed to be kind of a thriller, but again, it kind of, um, I think something gets lost in translation. I I'm firmly believe that it's, it's a language barrier because some of the dialogue seems really corny to me, but I'm sure if you were Korean and listening to it in Korean, it probably doesn't seem as corny. If that makes any yeah. sense. Um, are you watching it dubbed or subtitled? No, I was watching it with the subtitles. No. Okay. It was like now I take it I can't remember now. I think it was I think it was subtitles. I know Dark was definitely subtitled. No, <laughs> Dark was definitely dubbed. I take it back. Anyway, but the point is I'm trying to make is um they just their pacing was much slower than what I would have think an American studio would have done. The basic of storyline is it's the somewhat near future some kind of disaster happened whether it was our own environmental issue or something else caused us to lose most of our water. So water is being rationed to the world. And if you are kind of special person, you get different levels of how much water you get. Um, there, there was a, a moon base that was doing research, I guess, to find water. And there was some disaster there and it was closed for 10, 10 years. And then they sent, they're going to send these, now why they waited, I don't know. I don't remember the reasoning, but they send this group of astronauts to this to this base, which is massive, of course, for a moon base, um, to investigate what went wrong and actually come back with some samples, um, and then it gets really. It starts right out kind of. You think it's going to be more action packed because they crash, like for, and then they don't really explain why they crash. <laughs> like something just goes wrong with their ship and they have they crash, but they all survive. They get into the thing, but they find out that water has um, has a there's a there's a moon water. And the water, when it reacts with living tissue, starts to multiply so that if you get this stuff in your system, you drown. 
like you just start spewing water out of everywhere because it's just it it's like a Doctor Who episode. There, there was a Doctor Who episode where the water was alive. And doing yeah. This this and of course then they find one survivor um, on which is a little girl who has kind of mutated and and uh, at the very end, not to give away spoilers, she goes out the airlock and just walks on the moon and she's just standing there without a suit on. Um, so that's so like, it's some kind of weird evolutionary thing happened with her. So it's a very kind of odd movie. There's some, there's some kind of intrigue because there's like, there's the typical big corporation that told some of their people to do certain things that they didn't tell the rest of the crew was going on. Very kind of how 9,000, um, people start getting murdered. Um, and then of course the water's killing them. So it's, but I, again, it, it's about 10 episodes but it does. It feels like it's much longer than ten episodes, because <laughs> it's just it just what I've been getting from TV shows is they just don't seem to be as tight as. And I think it's because I I firmly believe that it's American audiences just have a shorter attention span. Uh, you gotta have that. Come on, very true. story moving. Let's go. What's the next thing that's gonna happen? Yeah, I don't want to see them all just staring at each other. Let's go. <laughs> um, you know, so that that's kind of what this film. I don't I don't or move. I don't really not recommend it. Um, if, if it's something you think you'd be interested in watching, I, I think it's okay. Uh, I just be prepared that it's not, uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a Korean film. It's a Korean TV show. So it, it has certain, it's, there's a certain difference. And of course, like I said, it's, it's, it's subtitled. I think. But we all survived Squid Game. Okay. Like we like Squid yeah, Game. Now, I didn't watch, I never watched Squid Game, but I know it's very popular. People like it and you can watch it either. I think you have your choice whether you watch that dubbed or subtitled. Mm -hmm. The problem I have with subtitles is you end up reading the show rather than watching the show. No, but you're also listening because, you know, I used to um, back back before anybody knew what what Hong Kong films were like. We were getting like bootleg DVDs um, and watching my friend Gene and I. And one of my favorites was uh, The Legend of Fong Sai-yuk, um, which is an early Jet Li film. It's a. Uh, it's top notch. And so um, I had a bootleg that it just went bad. So I went and ordered it on Amazon. I just got it um, and watched it and thoroughly enjoyed it. But I noticed they had a, a sub subtitled, which was how I always used to watch it, and then a dubbed version. So I tried watching the dubbed version for like five minutes. And you noticed differences. Oh my God, it was horrible. Yeah, they never because, the dubs never because good. The, the the subtitles are fine because you, you see what's going on, but you hear the original actors and the voice of the yeah. what I think what I'm saying and, and the tone and all that, but when it went dubbed, it was like you know, the, the one of the main characters is the, the mom of Funk Jet Lee, and, and she's fantastic, really humorous, but they, they have her being dubbed by like a 20-year-old British girl. And it just like blows you. takes you out of the the yeah. environment. But when I'm saying what I do, when I'm saying I don't like is because I'm reading what they're saying. I'm not really looking at you know what I'm saying. I'm kind of reading the subtitle, and you have to pay attention because usually these subtitles go so fast because they're trying yeah. to keep up with normal dial. It's just, just me. I could be slow. It's very possible, and it's just you know what I'm saying. But I that's why I don't generally like. Subtitled dubbing, anything. um, dubbing's okay, but a lot of times they actually deliberately attempt to match words to mouth movement, which sometimes comes out with completely different. They're yeah, saying, No, they should never do that. That's I don't just, like that. No, just wrong. say what is actually being said. I don't care that the mouth doesn't <laughs> like, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I hear, I hear what Rizzo's saying. I think the, the thing is, if you're like watching a TV series, this complaint makes perfect sense. If you're watching a slower moving film, um, you know where they're using the language of film to tell you things where there are just visuals and no dialogue whatsoever, then, then the subtitles aren't, don't get in your way. But I will add this to the discussion with squid games. There was an issue because we have a Korean uh, radio show on Sunday uh, evenings on WUSB um, run by the Korean students. And they were all over squid games when it premiered. And they said the dub, the, uh, the, uh, the um, the credits, you know, the the closed captioning in in English was different, remarkably different than what was being said in Korean, 
and it was literally changing the show. I, yeah, that's what I, I, I and I have a feeling with a with a language like like Korean as opposed to like a European language like German or Italian or something like that, because I think their language is so different from English that yeah. there are things that just don't translate well, I think, across yeah. the languages. Like their vibe was someone was doing this on purpose. And oh, it wasn't well, a translation issue. Well, yeah. but I mean, play with, I'm sure it's being Google Translate. American audiences. I mean, play with Google Translate and put in like a sentence and then like have it change it to, to Mandarin or Korean or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then try to translate that back. That back. Yeah. Never it doesn't do that with French either. I've yeah. tried a million times. It, yeah. it doesn't. So so I'm I'm gonna steal the talking stick here for a second. And uh one of the things that I recently watched was the Yamato remake. Yamato 20, 2199 and um 2202, which was the Comet Empire series. So the Iskandar and the Comet Empire. Yeah. And I watched the original 1975 ones and and you know I enjoyed them. I tried watching them again not too long ago. It didn't really age well for me. But these I loved. They were they had so much high Japanese drama, you know. The the first season, the Iskandar season, had a little bit of fan service, a little more than what you you know you 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 really want for storytelling. But um, but uh, but the, it was just all really very um, serious, you know, Japanese big themes yeah. you know that, that never came across in the uh america in the 1975 one but my understanding is it was in the 1975 japanese version because um, but when they that, when they dubbed it they they bowlerized it in many ways yes. and they did did a whole yes. bunch of stuff so when that stuff all came over to here it got completely it just Got edited. It got completely changed. Robotech got changed well, around. Was, can, yeah, again, that was being adjusted, adjusted for the American audience. Yeah, yeah it got changed what for the American audience. What they thought should have been adjusted. They didn't think the we would audience. like it the way it exactly. was. Exactly. No, we it's like just, it fine. You know, Battle of the Planets like all over. Which again. is another one of my pet peeves. Like, if there's a show in Britain, and then we decide to do the American version, like The Office, why? Why do we do that? We already had it already in English. I think we're starting to see less of that. Oh, oh, we have in our house. It's ghosts. Um, Krista has watched the, the, the British version and now is watching the American version. They're markedly, you know, there's similar characters, being but human, the office, there's been a ton so of did being human. They did the office. Fab, Fab, they three, three's Fab. company. Three's company. Yeah. Three's company. Well, <laughs> there's an American absolutely fabulous. Yes, very they, short, it, it didn't very last, short but there was one, yeah. Now, that was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, there really short. isn't any reason, I think, anymore to do Stop. that. And I think they're probably getting Americanizing the British shows. We're not most of them, stupid. with the exception of The Office, I can't think of one that took off. That really took off. Being in, human in the US, human? You know, Well, Being Human was actually pretty good. But if you watch the British version of Being Human and the, and the American sci-fi, they were almost identical. Max Hedrum. You know. Was Max British? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah but we didn't. They didn't remake it though. Yeah, they did. They did. There was, oh. there was Ew, a British version. There was an American version. There was a British version. I thought there was just the version. No, there was a British. It started up in in, in England, and they brought some of the cast over. Um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right, we're we're past the halfway point. So let me just super quick so say hi to Dennis so and Martin and Chris. Oh, Phil's talking. And Phil, you're here. And Kent's here. And let's see who else. I think that's everybody. Hi. And Jeff Rubble. Hi, guys. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. Yeah. So, Mary Beth, go ahead. What's your next yeah, let's go uh, So, film let, let's, my next film. So, super quick recap. We've, we've said Americans like resolutions. Americans like optimism, which melancholy is a great example of. No optimism. I, you know, I'm, I'm going dis, to disagree with you on that. Um, one of the things I, I watch a lot of American films, and they're all dystopian, nasty, you know, all grim. But the hero, the, the main character gets his goal done at the end. It, it, it does, but it's always a, a, oh, a world falling apart. It's, it's that the story is wrapped. There is a closure to the there's film. There's a closure, Whether yeah. positive or negative, no. there's we, a closure. We work for our goals. But whereas a lot of times in the foreign ones, you'll see they just leave it hanging. They just leave it hanging, yeah. You don't know what happened. Doesn't work out Maybe for anybody. Didn't make it. We don't know. <laughs> and, but you know what? I, my pet peeve was remember Independence Day when they finally <laughs> figure out how to take the aliens down and they're going around the world and there's a British guy in Iran. And he's like, 
about bloody time. I'm like, whoa, 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 that the, that the Yanks did something. I'm like, whoa, you were going to do nothing? You were just going to sit there and let us do all the work? Like, no, stop being so American. Leader of the free world and all that, you know? That. that whole. All right, my next movie. Uh, oh, the other thing I wanted to say before I do my next movie is we have to remember the purpose of science fiction. Science fiction, guys, is never, ever, ever, never about the future. It is always about the present. And that's what makes, that's the reason why science fiction around the world is different. It's, it's what people are seeing in their, in their present. It's a mirror being held up to society, to politics, to economics, to socio-political economics, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that's what you're seeing. So that's well, what you know, in this country that was done primarily because it was a way to end run the networks and the studio heads saying you can't say that on TV, you can't do that, it's too political. It's too yes. it was yes. by and taking, by taking the story and putting it in a in a completely fantastical yes. future world or a different planet or aliens. Now you could do whatever you wanted because you weren't talking about the Russians. You weren't talking about yeah. the president. You know what I'm saying? It was something else, but yeah. you really were talking about that. But it was just it was just a, a way to, to to get around censorship of by their own networks. Yeah. Yeah. And that and that is to this day. Uh, uh, science fiction is burgeoning in in other countries and around the world. And it to this day uh, can be subversive in the best ways. It's it's a global phenomenon. I, I, I can link you guys to a fantastic article. Hang on, let me do it right now. Um, it's bbc.com and it's the name of the article is uh, what our science fiction says about us. It was from 2018, but it is still very, very relevant today. All right. Hey, I'll put that article up. But first of all, let me do my next movie. I'll do it super fast. Um, I'm going to roll at Troll Hunter. I, I watched a bunch. Guys, if you I mean, we've all seen so much foreign films, um, but I did Troll Hunter. Troll Hunter is Norwegian. Um, it is steeped in Norwegian cultural like kids stories. Lord. It's fairy tales. A lot of their lore. Yeah, their lore. It comes up if you look at the top ten foreign science fiction films. That one's always in there. That one's always in it. That one's always in there. It's a found footage. It's like the Blair Witch Project. It's a found footage film. I watched it in Norwegian with subtitles, and uh, they they keep finding these these bear attacks. That was a bear. It's a bear. That's a bear. And these these college kids like let's go check this out. Let's film and find out. And they start following this one guy. And they realize it's not a bear, it's trolls. But they drop in all these little uh, extra Norwegian facts about trolls. Like in America, we have fee fi fo fum and the troll under the bridge, I think. Well, fee fi fo fum was a giant. Oh, that's a giant? Sorry, that's I don't know giant. what we have. Jack in Norway, I guess trolls can smell if you're Christian or believe in God. I thought we had a smell the blood of an Englishman. Uh, again, no, that's a giant. You're, that's Jack and the Beanstalk. So, Okay, so oh, you're right. So we don't have any troll roll, troll. We lore. just have the one under the bridge, and you have to say a riddle to get across the bridge, kind of thing. That's a troll. Yeah, I think so. Ah, anyway, they drop in all these facts, like um, sun, uh, sunlight makes them turn to stone. What is your favorite color? What? Yeah, stuff like that. And it was okay. And you know what? It it was a cute little film. Um, not. One guy dies, but not in a horrifically violent way. And I would have highly recommended it until I started researching the cast. And the lead guy is basically a Norwegian MAGA. Like, he's MAGA, but Norwegian. Oh, and then I was like, oh, that's a, it's a no for me, dog. Like, I couldn't <laughs> believe this movie was number one on so many different lists. As I started looking at lists, it was always Troll Hunter, Troll Hunter. And then I'm like, what? Why? Why? See, because, again, Why? again, there's a different cultural, what we think is a good movie and what they think is a good movie. It, it was you see what I'm saying? Quiet, there's it's not definitely loud. cultural differences, even it's with not Europe. It's with action because, like I said, it's found footage. It's just mm -hmm. this low key little thing, and they loved it. It's just this low key. Well, I mean, look at how popular woods, Blair Witch Project was. And it was like, gives you that a thing headache. was big in the day. It was big, and it also does give you a headache. It, yeah, it did. It was big, but you know why? Because it was so, so cheap and it was so effective. Well, yeah, I don't know why people thought it was real. It's, not, it's the Roger Corman school, you know. Make your movie effective, make it about something, and, and you know, use what you got. I yeah. just, it made me nauseous. It was just too much. Yeah. Sure. Well, you know what made me nauseous? You know what really a nauseous one is uh, I Am Legend. 
they did a lot of the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Verity oh, thing. Well, and I saw that on an IMAX screen. Yeah, oh, God. I think one okay, of the first I'm films done. I you saw where they else. started doing that point of view moving, like just the cameras, just part of the action was The Rock with uh, with uh, Sean Connery. And uh, and and it was the, the one of The Rock being Alcatraz. And there was oh. these car chases, and you couldn't tell what the hell was going on in the car chase. Because the camera was just like vibrating around, like it was in Michael the car. Michael Bay does that a lot. Yeah, too. it was. So that was the first time I saw that in a film, and I was like, "This is. They need to stop this. I want to go back to like Bullet." But they made the reboot of Battlestar Galactica that made that show. But that worked. Explode! It was it great and, when they did that. It took a while for me to get used so to it. Well on that, yes. on that show. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. As Doug Drexler would tell you, that what they the idea that there was was that the camera didn't know, like normally, you know, the camera it wasn't an omniscient camera. But yeah, in this one, the camera's nice. like it's there and it doesn't know that the battle. So it does that. Oh, oh it's happening over but here. It worked to good effect in Battlestar. It worked to bad effect in Blair Witch. Yeah. yeah. Well, but, I think, but I think you, you see that you see that style of, um, you know, draw your attention type camera making. Um, showing up in even NASA videos when they they were landing one of the rovers on Mars, they had a previs of of what it would like be like coming into the entry interface and yeah, did. going Jump through. And, and they, they, it was that same sort of camera thing where you you just oh well that's happening oh let's look Crash you know yeah I, I I noticed that right away they were doing it on something oh they were doing it on something Star Wars uh, Mandalorian I think they were doing that. I wouldn't be surprised. They were doing crash zooms for some of the fights. I was like, "What are you?" Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's like any other effect. It, it if if it's done correctly and not overused, sure, it works. You know, it's like a lens flare or the pan yeah, zoom where you're, the where you're uh, or yeah, the, the no, zoom. They had lens flares in Picard, and no one complained the way well, they were the doing about JJ. There's been a lot of movies with lens flare, and then and then and then there was JJ Star made Trek it normal. 2009. And okay, I'm done with Troll Hunter. You can move we on. All hate. We, all <laughs> well, we, we don't we don't have anything popping into our heads at the moment. Because I'll back you up at how weird that thing was. No, I just want to ask about what you thought about uh Fantastic Planet, right? Oh, what is that yes. what it's called? We like we're put that on one day, but we couldn't make we it were, like, were we pets or were we vermin? And it wasn't we're, us. Like, what were they saying exactly? Yeah. <laughs> it left it was a weird thing. That we watched that as a family and were horrified. Let's watch a cartoon, guys. You made it to the end. <laughs> that's the one. Did you? First that's we in French. That's the French one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know the one talking about. Tua didn't even seem to care that her little pet was showing fairly large signs of intelligence. Yeah. That, she didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> it was learning from her head. Her head. Yeah, yeah, her her little head thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She did, and the next thing you know, like, ah, there's too many of them over there in that park, le park. Yeah, throw the throw the whatever down the park. Okay, let's go exterminate them. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a strange, strange. And then what happened at my, the end? Yeah, what no, actually I, happened I at the end? Years and years and years. We ago. didn't. We never made it to the end. We <laughs> yeah. we made it about three quarters of the way through, and we're like. Oh, we're done. So the, it's the not homes, one that I would homes, recommend. Which that, the, that the word in story. French for man is l'homme. L apostrophe at H O M M E. L'homme. So om, we were called oms. So the oms, the men, get a spaceship and they take two spaceships to some other planet. Oh, and then they find out that the Tiwa, the tall aliens, were doing something on that planet too. And they're like, ah, no, we're out. So they go back. And then I don't remember what happened after that. We settled another. They just decided to coexist with us because they realized we were intelligent. Oh, I know. They were gonna kill. They were gonna kill us, and then we attacked Gulliver style. Remember all the little 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 Pusians like attacked yeah, Gulliver yeah. and brought him down. Yeah. We did that and brought one down and killed him. And they were like, <gasps> they were all gaspy. And I keep saying we. I assume you know, it's you know, dead. It kind of reminded me of, and not 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 in a good way. I mean, it's weird. Was yeah. was Yellow Submarine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 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 it had it, kind it, of that vibe. Yellow Submarine was way better. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. This was <laughs> right in between like story. heavy metal and. Yeah, there's definitely was, a heavy metal. Early, earlier than heavy metal, but yeah. Oh, my, it kind of had a weird. Earlier, I believe. But yeah, it was that same sort of French style of uh, animation or cartoon, you know, comic. 
You know, now that I, I actually sure look don't at the production cast, humor, do so. you think the same guys from Heavy Metal uh, were involved? Possibly. I mean, I mean that to it. Mobius, right? Mobius yeah. probably was in it. Let's let's. Well, Mobius, right you know, Mobius was the, did Yodorovsky's Dune. They they brought him in for visualization yeah. on that. Well, that is, that's the film. Fifth Element. I mean, yeah, yeah. Know. All right, so so Yodorovsky's Dune is the foreign film I would have liked to see. Yeah, we, well, we should have done that one. Yeah. Well, no, because it was never made. Oh, it never. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, oh no, 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 no! It was made. It was made. Ah, Dave. I need to give you a link. There's a documentary on that. Yeah. Thing. It well, there's a documentary. I've seen the documentary, and it exists in um, book form. form. Yeah, and the and the book made its way around Hollywood, which is why it the, is the, the same it. images show up in in Alien and in Star Wars and all. You know, because everybody looked at this and said, "Wow, that that's something." You know, all right, I'm looking at directed by Rene Lalou. So, so Marybeth, yeah. why don't you open it up to the uh, to the attending crowd and see if they have any suggestions? Well, I still get to Phil yet. Yeah, we'll get to Phil, and then we will. Around. We will open it up to the attending crowd. We'll give you, I'm not. Well, I mean, seeing... guys can always they can always chat, and we can. I, and they, I, yeah, I, I am reading the chat, guys. Um, um, so, Phil. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, uh, Dave and Emma. Are you guys? Yeah, we're good. You're good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Dave, <laughs> uh, I would I would suggest. A more wholesome French fantasy or science fiction film would be The Little Prince, um, you know. And then, and then, oh, no yeah. one will be like, no one will pass out in terror uh, from that. It's a <laughs> fantasy thing. I had it on my list of just noteworthy foreign films. That's one of but, the ones you see in school when you're a little kid. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the the other two I had in my best of, and I'm I'm going to mostly talk about Mariah, but I also um, love the Korean film The Host, which is a monster movie. Uh, which I highly recommend uh, by the guy who did Snowpiercer, uh, and um, the thing with Mirai, which is a which is a Japanese anime, a modern anime, and the host is they're both films about family. So with the host, um, it's the impact of this horrible monster that rises out of pollution or something, and takes away a little girl from a from a Korean family, and there's all these family dynamics going on and the fact that the government um, will not help them. They literally have to, they're, they're under, they're under lock and key and they have to break out to go rescue uh, this middle school age girl from the monster and all the different hoops they had to jump through. And it paints a really bleak picture um, of, you want to talk about, you know, how they view us. It really paints a bleak picture of the Americans Mm. Whereas uh, you're watching the news coverage of the monster attacking and killing people, and the only person who's making the news is the one American soldier who got killed mm. during the attack. None of the hundreds of Korean people. So, so I uh, highly recommended the host. But I mostly want to talk about, uh, and there's tons of anime out there. I mean, you could spend like you know, like ten weeks just talking about Miyazaki by itself, you yes. know. Yes. And so I, but, I, but I put that on its side because basically that's Disney now. Disney has been releasing it and dubbing it beautifully. Um, but Mirai, uh, um, Academy Award nominated uh, Japanese modern anime film about uh, a four-year-old boy who gets a baby sister and how uh, because he's having all these sibling rivalry problems and he's, and he's having all these problems, his um, teenage sister comes through time to visit him to tell him not to hit her in the head with his toy train set anymore, <laughs> which he keeps doing. And they go through this beautiful history of this family and how they're all connected. And he goes back to his great, great grandfather as they're traveling through time and stuff. And it's, it's really hard for me to describe it properly in the few minutes we have left here, but it is on Netflix through June 1st, if you still subscribe to Netflix, I highly recommend it. I highly recommend um, the um, the closed caption version um, because there's enough film language in it. There's enough things in, in this film where you just have to visually, it's telling you things. It's not just talking it at you. It's telling you things through, through the language of film. And it's all about family and, and how it's connected through time and I'm not sure if it's a fantasy where he's literally traveling through these other 
points in time or if he's hallucinating or dreaming. So that's never made clear to me. But it's an absolutely stunningly beautifully made film. Dave, perfect for the whole family. Watch it through the end. It is a little scary at the end when he ends up in the train station. That gets to be a little frightening. But it is no fantastic planet. <laughs> um, I tell you, the greatest part was where the family dog it, um, starts talking to the little boy and said, I was here first. And then they stopped loving me and loved you. So get used to it when the little sister comes. So it's just stuff like this whole dynamic. It's absolutely beautiful. Whereas the mom and dad also are enough representation when they're talking to each other. There's a lot of depth of story there where you're really attached to all the characters. And there's six of them, five of them. And it's just wonderful. Go see uh, Mirai, uh, spelled M-I-R-A-I, Mirai on Netflix. Um, they're going to send me a check at the end of this video. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you, sorry. you brought a couple of things to my head. First, though, um, with Ghibli, not everything's been Disneyfied because there's still Pompoco, <laughs> which if you've never seen it, Woo! Yeah, Ghibli uh, is, yeah, you got to really dig it, into some of his stuff, yeah. Pompoco is, is quite a film, and um, but as far as the, the anime type stuff goes, um, one thing that just popped in my head when you were talking about the time travel and such was Your Name. Your Name, yeah. Your Name is yes, amazing. Yes, Beautiful yeah. film. Oh. This is and that. What a science fiction sort of. A nice relationship story, a beautiful film, just just top notch all around. Yeah. Well, yeah. again, and contrasting to that, like I, I, my other TV show I was watching was Dark, which is German, which is also time travel based, multi universe, a lot of paradoxes, um, all that kind of thing, uh, but incredibly slow, uh, at least by for my tastes. Uh, I, I I've said it on the show. It's a perfect. It's the perfect uh, cure for insomnia because many, many times we were watching the, the way the music is long pauses in, in, in somebody asks somebody a question and they just stare at them and you're like, answer him. <laughs> Why are you just staring at them? that kind of thing? And it was just like, but the way the music was, it would put me to sleep like almost. Instantly. So I, I missed a lot of it. Because I was, you know, dozing off. But um, if you're, it's very popular on Netflix. It was very highly rated, which is why I watched it. Mm. Uh, it went three seasons. Um, they came out with another film or show, I should say, called 1899, which is like a ghost ship. Kind oh, of yeah, 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 yeah. And it tanked, apparently. It didn't even get picked up for a second season. And it was the same people. So if you want to give dark, I watched dark. I think you can watch dark in either dubbed or subtitled. I did watch the dubbed version. It was a little awkward, um, but again, I think the first season isn't bad, but it gets weirder and weirder. And it's I don't know. I was having trouble because they're jumping around in time and in universes. There's like a mirror universe thing going on, so it's it's a little hard, especially if you're dozing off, to follow sometimes. What in the heck is going on? <laughs> So, uh, but again, I, I felt it was a cultural difference. I just think it was maybe in, in, in German, you know, audiences were, were finding this is more normal. Whereas I'm like, we literally, we were watching the show, it was like an hour episode. And we're like, you realize nothing happened in 40, the first 45 minutes of this episode. <laughs> literally this nothing, happened. Like that too. nothing happened that moved the story forward until like yeah. the last 15 minutes. It is American <laughs> shows like that. <laughs> it's like, what was all that? I'm other looking at you lost. There? So anyway, that's I all. Well, that. uh, you know, Lost, <laughs> Lost, though, I have to say, is one of the few things that um, that sucked me in because I couldn't predict yes. where they were going with the story. Because I know all that. the tropes, and we're I can. Like, I'm like in, inside thirty seconds. I'm like, oh yeah, they're going here. What's here, karma? What's this? Yeah, yeah, we spent so much time trying to figure it out, and then at the end, we we're like. They, they never told us what the smoke was. I watched that show for the flashbacks. That's all I cared about was everybody's backstory. I loved it. Everybody had a great backstory. So what mm -hmm. if it on this weird island that could be purgatory or whatever? You know, <laughs> just wanted to know what happened to all of them prior. And they had yeah. they had Nick Tate in it. So there you go. Ken is saying Ragnarok is a Norwegian Danish series about young Thor. There was there's Not a couple of Viking shows out there. By the way, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Not to be confused with the Marvel Ragnarok. Not to be confused with the Marvel one. There's a couple of Viking shows out there, and one of them was um, is a dark comedy that I really enjoy. I think it was only two seasons, and I had mad props for them because that crew would film a scene in Norwegian or Dana, wherever they were speaking, and then turn around and film the exact same scene again in English. And yeah, Annette loved that show. And that was watching it. She, and it, she was, it was a dark comedy. They had their little slaves, the little British slaves. And it was funny but horrible all at the same time. If you, I'll try to find the name. It wasn't called Vikings. It might have been called Northman. I'm not sure. Maybe it's the other way around. I think I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. yeah um, I put up two links, guys. I put up a link to that BBC.com article if you want to read it, uh, what our science fiction says about us. And it's just a reminder that science fiction is not about the future. And the other link I put up was to a YouTube video called uh, Why Can't Science Fiction Writers Imagine Alternatives to Capitalist Societies or Any of Our Known Trope Societies? If you look at societies or structure of societies in science fiction, it's all something we've already known and seen before. It's always mm -hmm. the big three, capitalism, socialism, communism, or in combinations thereof to make it sufficiently evil, to, you know, with people on top wanting to stay in power. Uh, we've yet to invent, literally, we've yet to invent a new way of, of being. So that's kind of interesting. Maybe the Borg, but even they have a queen. You know, it's like Which they, they have really, less levels. They just have a queen in, and everybody you know, else. But, you know, yeah. But anyway, worth a watch. Check anyway, it out. So we're we're past the hour. So oh, Lord, anybody yes. last thoughts on any of this? I know we could really go on and on and on. And I just want to throw out, a, I, won't, I won't pontificate, but I want to throw out a quick list of, of uh, movies that were foreign, you know, foreign-based movies that affected film as a whole and, and the quick list is the never ending story the fifth element yeah. fantastic planet which we've mentioned the little yeah. prince which you mentioned solaris the original russian the original. solaris metropolis of course a yeah, huge we should mention metropolis huge uh, and akira classic anime you know those those are the Wait, big ones that, you know what that's a great list that's a great yeah. list you hit on some really classic ones there and I and I and I would um, bang my head against the wall if I did not mention the original film, What We Do in the Shadows, which love I love. Which is now a TV series, which you should check out. But the original has Taika Waititi yep. and that crowd, and it is hilarious. If you're down for like kind of you know dark, dark vampire comedy, <laughs> it's the monsters on crack. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, Emma, do you have any last thoughts? Nothing popping ahead. I I, popping. I speak okay. my thoughts when they pop into my head. That's okay. And Mary Beth, I'll hit No, it's all good. Thank you. For, good. Uh, thank you guys for coming to watch. And uh, everyone get out there and watch some more international sci-fi because it, yeah. it does, you know, you do every now and again hit on one that kind of like makes you think and sort of open dries and makes you go, oh. I definitely encourage it. Even if it's you don't end up enjoying it, it certainly gives you a window into other cultures. It gives you a window into other cultures and so, what their needs and problems good. are. And I think, again, since we always seem to be on such an island in, on this planet, this island Earth, <laughs> this there. island America, <laughs> uh, island America, that, you know, I think it is important that we, learn, you know, kind of learn what's going on elsewhere. All right, what does uh, what does Roy got going on? I have no idea. You know, I, I don't a, know. Is he home from his trip? I, I actually saw a post. I think he's off this week. Um, is he off this week? I think he is. I think he's not on this week. I, I he's being go straight to you, Phil. What do you so got? What you got going on? I, I'm I'm crazy this week. Um, tomorrow oh. on uh, tomorrow, I start off the day um, engineering for my good buddy uh, Bill McNulty. At eleven o'clock, and um, then my show, Captain Phil's Planet, comes on at three p.m. with an interview with Over Forward, a Minnesota-based uh, progressive rock fusion band. Mary Beth will be joining me for that. Mary Beth will also, and Rizzler, if you're around, you can join us too. We're going to be promoting Trek Honduraga at some point after that. I'd like to play a segment from the Patrick Reed Johnson interview that you guys did. So I'm trying to see if I have space to play one segment. I was thinking about when he first visited ILM, that story, because um, we're close to May 25th. And um, then I have Michael Schilling from Shoreleaf uh, phoning in at 4.30. So that's my show. Then I'm filling in for Chris Laporta. 
<laughs> at eight o'clock. I'm literally programming the radio from eleven a.m. until ten o'clock at night tomorrow. So yes. Whoa, <laughs> so if you're if, if you're listening to WSP, you're going to get sick of Phil. Yes. <laughs> well, actually, in 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 my defense, uh, about sixty percent of that is pre-recorded. Not just just run from here. Not me sitting in front of the in front of uh, the microphone. USB Stony Brook. I, I, wow. Remember, you guys can always get it on, on the uh, Amazon uh, devices. You just ask to play WUSB radio. Yes, just ask her. Say oh. her name and tell her you want yeah. to listen to WUSB. Oh, kind of neat. That, that if, if it's me, turn it up loud. It'll scare I'm sure, the cats. I'm sure on the Google, <laughs> if you have the Google No, you can stream. If you go to their website, it, there's a button. And up you can play, top. right. You can play right from the website as well. WSB.FM or whatever. Yeah, I don't know what we're doing next week. So if you have uh, any next week is May twenty fourth, which is the day before May twenty five. Yeah, I think so we, we feel like we need to do some Star Wars stuff again. Like we, we just did Mando. I don't know. I feel like because that's because May twenty fifth is really the Orthodox holiday. May twenty fifth is your, but it's the Eve. It's Star Wars Eve. It's Eve. Star Wars Eve. Yeah. So I don't we know. We'll, we'll come up with something. Um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll we can have we'll, a whole we'll hour on Han shot first. Han shot first, <laughs> you could do an entire yeah. hour on what it was like yeah. to line up for um, hours to see Star Wars, yeah, in 1977. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was six, so I don't know. I was there, yeah. I didn't, I don't remember. We didn't have to wait online, I don't remember that because I remember just I didn't see it when it first, I didn't see it like May, 20th. I think I didn't see it till we like came it out, out a couple again, weeks. So it, yeah. yeah, it was already out a couple weeks when I finally this guy saw, saw it. it. So. I was there. I was there. Did you there, Dave? Did you see? I was only. I was that, that summer. Uh, we used to ride our bike down to the Boulevard Mall. Oh, every every day or so, and watch it. Oh, Chris. <laughs> buck fifty, buck fifty uh, matinee. Oh, nice. Sit in the front row center, and looking up. You know, because you get that first. Chris, uh, Chris LaRoche wants favorite comedy in Star Trek episodes, excluding Lower Decks. Just just the episode. Just like. Next gen TOS probably great DC. topic. That's yeah, a great, yeah, maybe, that's like a whole show maybe right we'll there. Do that one, in Star Trek. Yeah, maybe we'll do that one. Um, so Bill anyway, says he's we'll, in range of WUSB. Bill, we, um, you're down near the Long Island area. I guess you are. Yeah. So, oh, Suffolk um, County, Suffolk County, uh, and uh, South Shore, Connecticut. Um, our new transmitter is going in in a few weeks. Uh, but Frank. Um, did does things and he's able to bounce the signal because we're at 25% power right now. Um, but he's able to make it work so I can pick it up when I'm on Long Island around exit 50 on the expressway. Oh, on Long Island. It's on Long Island. There you go. That's why nice. yeah. did not know that's where you were, Bill. Cool, cool, cool. So, okay, well, we'll come up with something. We always leave you guys in suspense to find out what will be our show for next time. Nice. Star Trek Five. So, I want to thank <laughs> Phil. I want to thank. Thank Dave and Emma and, of course, Mary Beth for coming on and talking about us. Uh, it's always great fun to have these kind of topics. Uh, I think it's a good discussion. We could have we gone on and on about this. But uh, we will see you guys next week with something. <laughs> if not, watch Phil. Listen to Phil, rather. In the meantime, and, of course, always live long and prosper. And we'll see you guys. Take care. Good night.